Um, so Mike and Charmaine are, are not guest speakers. They are, I've been saying this from the very beginning, you know, they're not guys that we just get in for the sake of it. Um, they're guys who have been growing with us for a long time. With for, for Brad, it's been, what, nearly, fifth, nearly 20, 15, 20 years, huh? And then 10, 10 years. And then for, for us, it's been in, in uh, Crossing Point, we were there, for me, it's been six, six years, I think. And it's something that we, we value in the gift that these guys carry, the gift that God has given them, which we believe is, is an apostolic gift and, a, and a, a fathering to this house, you know, that we are building in a place that, that God is positioning people to build into this house. It's not just um, the six of us doing this thing on our own, that we reach out to other gifted men and women of God that, are, that God's placing in our lives to help build the house. So this isn't something that we've uh, selected on a on a list of preachers and we're asking him to come in. He walks with us through the, the through tough decisions that we make. You know, he we Skype him in and are emailing him to to hear his insight on the way that we build. So this is not a a show, this is something that we value who they are to bring into this house. So they come from Dubai and I'm sure Mark will tell more of his story, but they are here because we want to glean what God is showing him and, and he, how he builds. One of the most honorable things that I, I love about what Mike and Charmaine do is that, what, two months ago they were in Cambodia. Was it two months ago? A month ago. Three weeks ago. They were in Thailand and Cambodia, and they went all the way from Dubai to Thailand and Cambodia to preach to, well, to, to initially speak to two guys that planted a church with, well, Keith and Mona's church had six in it when you got there, huh? There's six people in a room because they, are, they believe in the gift of what God's given them and how to build a church, the, the importance of the foundations of the church, the early beginnings, you know. So I, I honor them for the amount of tiresome hours they spend flying to little churches just like this to help build and, and build strong foundations in what Christ is doing. So why don't you give, us a, give Mike a warm clap welcome and I'll let him share whatever. Good morning. Great to be here on the Gold Coast. I'm amazed how different your country is. We came via Perth and via Melbourne, and uh, we're in the same country, and we've had to descale in layers. And uh, we go to Canberra next weekend, and so we've got to add layers on again. I think we're going up into the snow zone. So... Um, but it's a beautiful country. I said on Thursday, I think I was here with some of you. Uh, we really have come to love Australia. Our son is now married to an Australian, and so he's Australian. Uh, has Australian passport, and, we, and they've given us two beautiful grandkids, which we'll see on the way out. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm stirred by what I believe God has for you as a nation. And excited for you and uh, thrilled in what God has done. But as I said on Thursday, I believe God wants to do so much more. And uh, we have to align ourselves with what God has called us to. And um, that's each one of us. It's not just a church, not a movement. It's each of us align with God's assignment for, for each of us. And, um, and so I, I came out of Cambodia and Thailand a couple of weeks back. And a couple of months earlier, I was in um, 
Greece. And I have a, a phenomenal friend of the last few years. He's invited me to come in and speak with him. He's got a couple of churches he planted in mainland Greece, but also in Cyprus. But he works with a bunch of people from the Balkan states and beyond. And so for the last three years, I've gone in. He's asked me to help him with his group of guys and gals from this last year. It was from 19 different nations. And uh, Kosovo, Albania, Macedonia, um, Morocco. There were some from Israel. There was, of course, from Cyprus, Greece, of course. Um, and, 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 and. And what I was stirred by, and what I just want to leave with you before I start preaching, though, if I'm on the clock, I haven't started yet. This is my feedback. <laughs> Don't get nervous. Um, what I was absolutely stirred by as I got back onto the airplane was that many of the Christian and the Christian leaders I spoke to in, in this place called Kalamos were uh, first-generation Christians. They got saved out of many of them out of communism, uh, from out of Kosovo, Albania, and uh, they were first-generation Christians who themselves, without ve with very little knowledge because of the 60, 70 years of communism, had met with Christ and had started churches. And uh, there were a number, of course, there from from Islam, some converts out of Islam as well, who. We're now leading churches, Morocco and, and elsewhere. And then now in, in Thailand where um, every single church planner, I went to do a church planning training with uh, about 20 church planners, and uh, every single one of them had been saved out of Buddhism. It was first-generation Christians. And I, as I pondered it, and it was just a thrill to be with these guys and gals and very hungry and excited for what God is doing, and uh, I was trying to show them uh, they were doing great work, but I, I've, we've been doing this for nearly 40 years now. So we wanted to help them find maybe a, a more excellent way, an easier way, a more biblical way in some aspects. And uh, my takeaway, one word, as I got back on the plane and flew back to, back to Dubai, where we based, was this, that the, the gospel is unstoppable. Unstoppable. Seventy years of communism looked like the church had died, looks like it were buried, certainly it was underground, but as soon as that iron wall or the bamboo curtain fell, up pops all these churches. That had, Many had been there, but Buddhism the same thing, Islam the same thing, 1400 years of, of people locked into uh, a, another religion and and here's the gospel, just in its rawness, in people who are so excited for God, singing similar songs that we sang today. Thank you for the cross, Lord. Thank you for the power for the, of the nail-pierced nail hands. And so I want to say, I, I come with this great privilege. Shemaine and I have my beautiful wife. We have our 35th anniversary next week. And uh, it's my only wife, even though I come from a Muslim world, where you can have four. <laughs> it's my only wife, my first wife and only wife. 35 years, we have two amazing boys, 33 and 31 years old. And uh, I love Jesus, and we're forever grateful for that. And they're teaching their grandkids to love Jesus. And uh, so I do believe in a multi-generational God. 
and a multicultural God. He loves all cultures, all people everywhere. He died for everyone. And we don't have the benefit of picking and choosing. So, um, so I want to share a message today. Um, the Lord dropped into my heart a, a, a month or two back. And uh, the picture I saw when I was praying, it's kind of how I got birth things in me, was this giant minus sign, this negative, a big bar, if you like. We have some very creative people on the overhead that could do that. One big negative sign. And as I was looking at it, while I was looking at it, in dropped this vertical, vertical line, this giant vertical line, and this giant negative became a giant positive. And as I saw that, I felt the Lord say that He specializes in turning negative into positive. And so I want to say, Amen. I want to say today, and I'm sure there are, because we all face it at one time and another, facing negative things. Don't show me your hands if you are. But I want to say today that God specializes in turning your negative into a divine positive. And the Bible says lots of things. Read it. It's a great book. <laughs> That's the end of my sermon. Read the Bible. <laughs> Romans 8.28 We know, I hope we do, Gold Coast. We know that for those who love God, some of the major things work together for good. Not what it says. It says all things. That's an amazing Greek word. It means all. It means everything. Are you kidding? Now I know it's true for my neighbor and I know it's true for the, the person in Sydney. All things. Is it possible that all things work together for good? Even though that seemed to be for a moment in time this major negative. Mike, you don't know my situation. You don't know my ugly wife that I'm forced to marry. You don't know this terrible man that I'm, I'm in a relationship with. You don't know. I mean, there are bad marriages and then there's mine. You don't know how bad this is. It cannot be true that all things work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. But God said it is, so it is. That's just how it is. Unfortunately, we are condemned to victory. That's a bad thing. I mean, you can only be sorry for so long and sad for so long and defeated for so long. It says in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 14, Thanks be to God who in Christ Jesus always leads us in triumphal procession. Not some of the time. Not when we've had a good hair day, spiritually speaking. I don't have too many of those. I used to. <laughs> always. Christ always leads us in triumphal procession. In Christ. Because he's won. We sang it this morning. It is finished. It is done. We are complete in him. 
We don't look complete, we don't feel complete, we don't sound complete a whole bunch of the time, but we are. Someone said this, only God can turn a mess into a message. A test into a testimony. A trial into a triumph and a victim into a victory. Only God. And so when we talk about the cross, the cross in itself is a very negative thing. So man and I had the privilege uh, a year or two ago of going to Israel and doing, uh, we were asked to speak at, at two conferences in Jordan and in Jerusalem. So we had a few days in between those two weekend conferences to do a little bit of um, tourism. And it's just a fascinating country for those who've been there. Um, and uh, just reflecting, we were in the upper room, we were in the Garden of Gethsemane, uh, supposedly where Jesus was buried, all of those things. The cross in itself is a very negative thing. But I believe in God's sovereignty, which I'll talk a little bit about in a moment. I do believe God is sovereign. In His sovereignty, He has chosen that this potentially negative thing, this cross, stands forever on Golgotha Hill as this divine positive. We have this cross on the hill in the center of, of creation, in the center of humanity as God's testimony to that, the fact that he turns every negative into a divine positive. Amen. That's good news for me. So I, we need to sing more about the cross and more about the blood of Jesus. We sing about a whole bunch of other stuff. Let's sing and celebrate about this couple of points, kind of by way of introduction, then I want to give you a couple of, uh, for instances in Scripture. Scripture says this, that the spiritual does not come first, the physical does, and then the spiritual. And so Romans, Paul writes in Romans about uh, the fact that all creation is declaring, humanity is without excuse because all creation is declaring the invisible attributes of God. The beauty, the splendor, the diversity, the unity within the diversity, all of those things are speaking about this God. We are without excuse. You look up into the heavens. You dive into the deepest parts of the sea. Wherever you go, you see the invisible attributes of God revealed. And as I was thinking about this message, I was reminded of a natural occurrence, which I think really well, I think God did it just for this message. He created lightning. So being a very bad scholar, uh, I uh, had to go to Google. Where was Google when I was at school? So I had to Google about lightning. And... Uh, very basically, lightning occurs when these ice particles up into the, in the cloud begin to bang against. There's kind of this violent warfare that happens in a cloud. And because they bang together, they create an electrical charge. And in that charge, there are electrons and there are protons. So the protons are the, the pluses and the uh, electrons are the negative. Protons go to the top of the cloud. The, pro, uh, the electrons go to the bottom. And because God has set up in creation the principle that opposites attract. How many married couples can say amen to that? 
You don't need to put your hand up, Sean. <laughs> but that's the reality. We're not drawn to the same kind of... Anyway, I don't want to get on a rabbit trail there. Opposites attract. It's a, it's a divine principle set up even in nature. And so there's this powerful negative charge set up at the bottom of the cloud, and that causes a positive charge to build up on the earth. Normally it goes to a high place, like a tall building, a tall tree, or even on a human. And because opposites attract, when the charge is strong enough, the, the bolt comes out of heaven, the negative is drawn to the positive, and there is this lightning, a discharge from those electrical charges. At they say, 54,000 degrees Fahrenheit. That's a little bit of power right there. When this charge is built up 54,000 degrees, if that doesn't mean anything to you, it's six times hotter than the sun in that lightning blast. And as I was thinking about this, that, that, that these negatives attract, that this forever set against humanity negative was through the power, this unbelievable power, this 54,000 degree charge from heaven comes in and turns this negative into a positive. I thought about Jesus when the disciples came back and said, remember, even demons are subject to us in your name. They weren't excited about anything else except that demons now are subject to us in your name. And Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like, bang! This powerful discharge, there was a, a, a removing, there was a displacing in the heavenly because of this div, divine power of God. And I believe, folks, that, that when we uh, allow God to come and invade our situation, he, because He specializes and because He chooses to and because He said He would, He's going to turn some negative situations this morning into divine positive. How many would want that to happen? Five or six principles, and then a couple of instances. Number one, it's because God is a God of transformation. Isaiah 46 and verse 8. Remember this and stand firm. Recall it to mind, you transgressors. Remember the former things of old, for I am God. I, I love God. It's just, there's not a whole lot of introduction about God. He just says, in the beginning, God. That's how it is. And we get so offended, and clever scientists get so offended, but I am God. I am sovereign, I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me. I declare the end from the beginning. That sounds a little bit to me like he's in charge. I don't declare the beginning. I declare the end from the beginning. Why? Because he is ancient of days. Because he is Alpha and Omega. He is first and he's last. He's beginning and he's the end. I want this God on my side. I declare the end from the beginning and from ancient times things not yet done saying my counsel shall stand. Sounds a bit like a boast. 
and I will accomplish all of my purpose, calling a bird of prey from the east, a man of my counsel from a far country. I have spoken, and I will bring it to pass. I have purposed, and I will do it. That's Isaiah 46. Amen. God is a God of transformation. I am transformed. If you had known me before I met Jesus, you would possibly not have liked me. But I am a trophy of the grace of God. I am a trophy of this God who so loved me and who so loves you and who so loves Australia that he gave his only begotten son. And as I put my faith and I put my trust in him all those many decades ago, bang, 54,000 degrees, six times hotter than the sun, power from on high came and changed me. I have a friend who tells a story about the God of transformation. And he said, it's like standing on your, what's your highway here called? M? M for M for Mike. Stand on the M1. You don't have a very high speed here. Come to Dubai. Our speed limits are suggestions, which no one listens to. So we have Ferraris and Maseratis and everything else that travel at hundreds of kilometers an hour. Anyway, it's a great place. Come and visit us. Very hot at the moment. And it's Ramadan. I'm really glad to be here. Super, I'm all glad to be here. But you stand in the middle of the M1 and an 18-wheeler comes. It's a 40-ton vehicle and it's traveling as fast as it can downhill. So it may be 100 and something. And if you stand there and this 18-wheeler hits you, the bull bar hits you, your kangaroo catcher thing hits you, by the time it's able to stop about 30, 40, 50 meters down the line and they peel you off the front of the, the bull bar, you've changed. Somewhat. You're transformed. You talk differently. Mainly because your mouth's now at the back of your head. <laughs> and you walk differently. Something has dramatically changed you. And I want to say, folks, that when we encounter 54,000 degrees, and it's a whole lot more than that because God created this lightning, but when this power from on high came and invaded my life, I ran into a 18,000-wheeler. And it's not God who got changed. I got changed. And I'm saying that's normal Christianity. We should all be peeled off the front of this Holy Spirit pantechnicon and walk differently and talk to him. He's a God of transformation. Number two, he is sovereign. These are principles. He's in charge. I've just read the scripture. He declares the end from the beginning. And I heard someone say this recently, and I'm not sure I agree. They said God is in charge, but he's not in control. And I don't think I agree. Because Psalm 115 verse 2 says, Why should the nation say, Where is their God? Our God is in heaven. He does all that He pleases. Even when things seem out of control. In Acts 13, 27, it says, For those who lived in Jerusalem and their rulers, because they did not recognize Jesus, nor understand the utterance of the prophets, which they had read every Sabbath, 
they fulfilled them by condemning Christ. They didn't get it. They didn't understand it. They'd read it, but they didn't understand it. But they still fulfilled Scripture because God had said this is going to happen. So what about evil? I keep getting asked this question all over the world. Well, what about evil? If God is in control, what about evil? And I'd love to unpack this, but I don't have time this morning. I do want to say this. We have to make a distinction between God controlling evil and God creating evil. God does not create evil. The Bible says in James, God is not the author or the creator of sin. God cannot be tempted with evil, and he cannot tempt, he himself tempts nobody. But he does control evil. And uh, God uses sinful men uh, to obtain certain objectives. And King Cyrus is a great story. And I'd love to unpack this a little bit, but I don't have time again. Uh, James 1.13 150 years before Cyrus, he's an evil uh, uh, idolater, he's an idol-worshipping king. 150 years before he's on the planet, God describes him in this way, and several things. I'll send you my notes if you want them. In the first year of King Cyrus, this is Ezra 1 verse 1, that the word of the Lord might be fulfilled, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus. This king who would eventually acknowledge, but didn't initially acknowledge that God existed, God stirred him up. He describes him as, he's my shepherd, Isaiah 44, and he will fulfill all of my purpose. He's my shepherd. Is it possible? An evil king, he's described as my shepherd. It gets worse. Isaiah 45 said, thus says the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus whose right hand I have grasped to subdue nations before him. He said, I've called you by name, Isaiah 45. It says, I equip you, though you do not know me, Isaiah 45. I've stirred him up in righteousness, the Bible says. God is sovereign. You need to understand that and know that in order for what I'm saying this morning to make sense. Very quickly, number three, God is a God of breakthrough. Jesus messed up every single funeral he went to. If you wanted to have a good funeral, don't invite Jesus. Lazarus, the young man of Nain, Jairus' daughter, some of them didn't even ask for him to be there. He, he gate-crashed funerals. And it turned into a celebration. I mean, oh, all the money we spent on the flowers. What a beautiful casket. And Jesus goes. He's the master of breakthrough. And I've seen it again and again, and he's here to do it today if you need it. Let me quickly give you, I have many, but I won't give you all of them in the next 15 minutes or so. Some examples, for instances, of him turning negatives into positive. Number one, I've already touched on it, but God turns this indefensible position of humanity. Human beings are in an indefensible place. We are, Bible says we are cut off because of sin. 
Our sin, the Bible says, have caused a separation between us and God. And we're in, it's indefensible. There is not a single thing that a human can do to, to bridge that gap. And God saw that he gave us laws and commands in the Old Testament and the Old Covenant to show us, really to reveal how evil we were, how hopeless a situation we're in. These are my commands, but you're not going to be able to keep them. Why? Because there's evil in our hearts. I don't want to go into all of that. But into this massive negative against all humanity comes this divine positive. Indefensible position turns into unmerited favor. It's called the grace of God. Ephesians chapter 2, there are many scriptures, but says this, God being rich in mercy, Ephesians 2 verse 4, because of his great love which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses. How many know being dead is a negative? And we have to tell much of Australia you're in a fairly negative place. You're dead in your sin. Even when we were dead on our sin, he made us, bang, this divine positive, alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with, uh, uh, he raised up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places. A divine or a supernatural negative became this divine positive. That's my testimony and millions like me of salvation. Number two, unintended places. God turns unintended places, a storm, into a strategy. And there's a story in Mark chapter 4 about the disciples and Jesus. And he said to his disciples in verse 35, let us go over to the other side. They're on the Galilee. And we were there. It's one of the most beautiful places, I think, on earth. Um, the massive sea, you're 400 meters below sea level. And uh, so it's very given to storms. You've obviously so low, so low below the Mediterranean. You have these air currents. Wow, actually we were on the sea in a boat. A storm came. I think the Lord was just giving us a little sneak shot out like this. Perfectly still and then boom, a storm. So Jesus says to the disciples, let us go over to the other side. And most uh, theologians talking on this passage say that they were probably heading across to Bethsaida, where five of, of Jesus' disciples lived. And so I can imagine them all getting in pretty happy. We're going, we're going home. We're going to have a nice barbie in Bethsaida with the, with the boys. And girl, I'm going to see my wife and the kids. Yay, yay, yay. And in the middle of the, of the lake, storm. And I can imagine the disciples saying, this, this wasn't the plan. This is not the plan. I didn't sign up for this. I had a good business. I was a good tax collector. And here I am in this time. We saw one of these first, uh, test, first uh, century boats. They are so low. Not like these Titanic kind of things. It's so low. I mean, the, the, the water level is just a little bit below the lip on a flat day. So any waves. And so that, ah, oh, I can imagine Thomas. They call him Downing, Thomas. I told you guys. I told you. I knew it. This is not in our contract. This storm. Anyway, they have this major storm. 
And it says that they were blown off course. And they ended up in the land of the Gentiles or the Gadarenes. And so they're not called to be here. This is not a divine strategy. We are going to Bethsaida. We're blown off course for a storm we didn't ask for. And here we are in this unintended place. And the first thing that meets them is uh, someone described him as the He's got thousands of demons. He's called Legion because he's got so many demons. He's naked. Demon-possessed naked man who eats the neighbor's cats meets them. The first person. This is not what we signed up for. We're not even called to Gentiles. And we get the worst of the lot. First thing is hairy, naked, bleeding because he's chained to the tombs. You can just imagine. Demon, 7,000 demons. This is not our place. What are we doing here? What has happened? I didn't choose this career. This is not, this marriage is not what I signed up for. When I was a young kid and I wanted to be Superman or Batman or Iron Man these days or whatever, look what I'm doing. I'm assembling bolts on a production line. This is an unintended place. Look at my wife, for goodness sake. When I was young, the posters on my... Anyway, this is an unintended place. This is an unintended purpose. This is unintended. It's not planned. You know what happens? It says this demon-possessed man comes and falls down at Jesus' feet and begins to worship. No one could control him. No village, no chain, no, no amount of torture or torment could, could set him free, but Jesus could. This divine messenger from God causes this massive negative to become a divine positive. Immediately, he set free. Pigs commit suicide, but he's free. And he wants to become a disciple of Jesus anyway, so he sent him on his way. And he goes back and says, go and just tell him about the good things. Go and tell him about this God of transformation. And he goes back and becomes this first Gentile evangelist. You see, what was an unintended place became a divine strategy. The storm became a strategy. God, I can't understand why this is happening in my life. Honestly, I cannot understand it. I believe God this morning can come and break that uh, depression, can come and break that negativity off. And you can begin to see, God, show me the good thing. That you're going to turn all things, including this horrible, horrible thing that I cannot explain, but I know you're a God of transformation. I, uh, I was, I, you're not supposed to, but I really lusted after a particular vehicle. It was my dream car. And uh, I was driving a bit of a skadonk. I don't know if that's... I think it's original Greek for a really bad car. It's just, yeah, an absolute, anyway. So I was trying to persuade my wife, because we do need to be in agreement on things most of the time. And she wasn't fully. But we went to this very anointed conference. And as I drove into the parking place, right in front of me drove my car. And it had a for sale sign on it. And I'm like, can you hear the angel singing right now? There it is, for sale, and it's a friend who's driving it. So I said, hallelujah. I, I didn't say that. I just kind of 
Anyway, Shaman said, no, don't do it. Don't go. Don't even go there. I said, oh, God, this God's, this is like a, I mean, I think I thought I saw an angel on the cross. But anyway, I, uh, we, I, I pressed in. I moved with great weight of persuasion. And so he said, look, fine, we're, we're gonna, you can buy it. I've got to, of course, drive home first. I said, fine. I'll come, I'll, I'll fly down and I'll drive the car back. He said, great. He's a preacher. He said, come and preach for me. I said, brilliant. Set up the date, set up the time. I was so excited. I was excited. The man wasn't so excited. Anyway, it's a little airport in a very small town. And so you had to step down the stairs into the airplane. And so as I went, my first foot hit the rung, bottom rung of the ladder into the plane going to fetch my dream vehicle. I hear the word of the Lord. As my foot hit the, the rung, I hear this, you'll return in the power of the Spirit. I'm like, oh, yes, Lord. But it was, so, it was so authoritative that I changed my message that I preached the whole weekend that I was down in this particular place. So two hours on the airplane, I'm prepping, 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 preached, had a great weekend, got in my car, drove towards home, halfway, mm. In the middle of nowhere. And so I have very little knowledge of mechanics, so I kicked tires and I banged the bonnet, the hood, and nothing changed. And so I got it started again. I kind of limped into this, not even a horse in this town. It was a one-something town. And the guy knew something about the car. He said, oh, these are brilliant cars. They never break down. Yeah. Anyway, so he said, we don't, we, uh, it's not a major thing, but we don't have the part. We're going to have to tow you to a town, a bigger town, semi-city, to get it fixed. So I said, what, what can I do? So I get in the tow truck. I'm sitting a bit, bit uh, kind of depleted in myself. And I'm going to this town, and I thought, I do know a guy here. He leads a church, but I don't know if his number. I'm going to phone a friend of mine who does know him. So I phone this friend, and I say, hey, bud. I'm, you won't believe this. I'm being towed into this town. What is the guy's name? He said, I'm in the town. I said, what are you doing here? I said, I'm in a, I'm here for a conference. He said, hold on. He said, my host said you could come and stay with us. I'm like, ah, oh, it's a little slightly better. I get there, towed in. The guy said it's going to take three days. It happens to be a three day conference that this guy's there for. And I spend, I kid you not, most of the time Velcroed to the carpet with the power of God and the glory of God all over me. This was an unintended place. God turned a storm into divine strategy. I believe if God, if we are open to God, He can do that for you too. A couple more. An unlikely number three, an unlikely deliverance. God turns punishment into his presence. And as I, I would recall the story of the three Hebrew boys in the book of Daniel, uh, there was an unrighteous king who said, I'm, I'm creating an image. You all need to bow down to that image when you hear the sound of the musicians. If you don't, you're going to be killed. And so when they sound the trumpet and the this and the that, everyone bows down except these three Hebrew boys. And my comment out of that is, 
often you don't have to jump up and jump around to make an influence. Sometimes you just have to stand, to stand out, when everyone else is bowing and compromised. Anyway, these three boys did. God got so Nebuchadnezzar got so cross, said heat up the fire seven times hotter. Even the guys stoking the fire got killed. They took the three Hebrew boys, bound them, threw them into the fire. And then the king says in the book of Daniel, chapter 3, verse 24, King Nebuchadnezzar declared, Did we not cast three men bound into the fire? And they said, Yes, O king. Verse 25, But he said, I see four men unbound walking in the midst of the fire. And they're not hurt. And the appearance of the fourth is like the Son of God. I felt the Lord say this. Without the fire, you don't have the fourth man. People are moaning about the fire. I'm in a fire. I'm in this furnace. I'm in this really tough place. Folks, look around. Look around. The presence of the fourth man. An unlikely deliverance. It's like Peter walking on the water. We want to see the, how many want to see the supernatural power of God? Problem with that is God often says, get out the boat. Get out your boat. Oh, hallelujah. There's a story of a man, Blondin, his name was he, a famous, uh, um, tightrope walker. And he set up his cable across the Niagara Falls. And everyone thought he's crazy, stupid until he walked backwards and forwards on it. They thought, oh, wow. And then he did a few tricks on the wire, and they're like, wow, this massive crowd, wow, pre-television, wow. And then he says this, standing on the cable with his bar, he said, how many believe I can push someone with a wheelbarrow across this wire? And everyone's saying, of course, <laughs> you see, of course. He said, come. Uh, sorry, not, not enough time right now. Yeah, God, we, of course we want miracles. Of course we want miracles. Yes, oh, hallelujah, we, we can walk. Come on and walk. Oh, we just sing. Come on and walk on the water with me. Yes, God, until God says, come. No, no, no. You go. You go. Here my Lord, send bread. That's how we pray. Here my Lord, anything, anything will send bread. No, no, it's you, you ugly thing. You get out of the boat. But I'm, there's no walking on the water. Until you get out of your boat of comfort. There's unjust treatment. And it's unexpected betrayal. God turns a prison or a pit into a prime minister's calling. Joseph. He was a good guy. A little bit unwise, but he was a good man. And all he was doing was telling what God was showing him. You know, I'm just sharing revelation. Ben encourage us to do that today. Share your revelation. For that, I get thrown into the pit. Then I get falsely accused, and I'm in a prison, and I get forgotten. How can God be in this? God, where are you? I, this is not, the, it's not how I planned my life. But it's exactly how God planned your, your life. Because in a moment, he turned an unjust treatment into a prime ministerial call. There's so many more. Unexpected blessings. A man at the pool of Bethesda for 38 years. 
Jesus walks up to him, one man. We've been at the pool of Bethesda. Just this place, just surrounded by just the baddest of the bad of the depressed states. 38 years he'd been lying there. And Jesus says, do you want to get healed? course. But he said, I've got no one to help me. When the angel stirs the waters once a year. Can you imagine that moment? He said, I've got no one to help me. And this is the creator of the world looking at him. Saying, do you, do you want to get healed? I'm not asking you about the moving of the waters. I am the living waters. So God is a God of transformation. One more and I'll close. They're all good. One more. An untimely illness. A negative. How many know illness is a negative? How many need healing today? Anyone here need healing? In your body? No one? Okay. Good. We're going to pray for you. Turns into an unplanned church plant. Galatians chapter 4 verse 13. Paul says this, it was because of an illness that I first preached the gospel to you. That's just a negative. Of course God wants to heal. But God used this situation. Paul, whatever it was and whatever he said, it's because of the illness I preached the gospel to you. And even though my illness was a trial to you, you did not treat me with contempt or scorn. They said, you welcomed me as if I were an angel, angelos of the Lord, as if I were Christ Jesus himself. And so we could go on. So many amazing stories. Three things, and I'm close. Our part to play. The Bible says this. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Three things. And we heard it through Edith this morning. Number one, conform to his ways. Not yours. And not others. Isaiah 46 and verse 9. Jesus said, well, God said, my counsel will stand and I will accomplish all of my purpose. It's his purpose. And so we have to align ourselves, folks. It's not me doing my thing. Oh, God, by the way, come and bless me. It's God, what is your will for my life? That's what Jesus prayed. I wish there was another way. I kind of know there isn't, but I wish there was. If there is, Father, is there another way? Remove this cup of suffering and separation from me, please. But, 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 it's not about my will. It's about your will. What a phenomenally powerful and what a simple way to pray. And I prayed that I, not because I'm smart, but just right at the beginning of my Christian walk, I said, God, here I am. Send me anywhere, anyhow, anytime, anywhere. That's always been my prayer. And God has taken us all around the world doing this amazing stuff. Number one, conform to his will. Number two, conform to his word, not yours. Jeremiah 1.12. The Lord said, I am watching over my word to perform it. 
I get people who are living in such crazy, self-made pigsties. And they continue asking for the blessing of God. And I'm saying, just, just conform yourself to His Word. There's some change that needs to happen right now. Of course God wants to, to deliver you. Of course He wants to set you free. Of course He wants to heal you. But there's some stuff that needs to change because God saves us body, soul, and spirit. God sees us not as three-part people. He says one combined unit. And so there are people who are physically suffering because of soulish problems. And you can heal and heal away in the, in the physical, but until there's some stuff that changes and shifts in their heart or in their soul, in their mind, it just gets worse and gets worse. And God wants your whole body, soul, and spirit be kept whole and blameless. Number, lastly, conform to His ways. That's where we heard about His ways are not our ways, and His thoughts are not our thoughts. I'm done. God wants to turn supernatural negatives into divine positives this morning. I'm convinced of that. And as we pray in a, in a moment, I'm going to trust God that this 54,000 degree lightning bolt power from God will come and transform your situation. And I don't need to know what it is. God already knows. But I hope I've persuaded you this morning that all things work together for good. Some of you just need to start looking around just to find the fourth man, the presence of the fourth man. We used to sing that song, standing somewhere in the shadows, you'll find Jesus. Because so often we're so focused on the negative, we're so focused on the problem, we're so focused on the waves, we're so focused on the fire, that we miss the fourth man. But God is with us, and He's here to transform us. Won't you please stand? together with us. Why don't you just close your eyes? Not to be religious, just to kind of block out other distractions. We sang earlier about the cross great Father's love. And we want to say, Father, this morning we're so grateful. As we lift our mind's eye and we see on top of Golgotha this divine, eternal, forever positive. This plus sign, this cross that transformed my lowly estate into something so incredibly glorious that I live for all eternity now because of that divine positive, because of the great love of my Father, the great sacrifice of my Lord and Savior, Jesus. And Lord, you, you want to come this morning just like this rain. You want to come this morning like that lightning bolt I described, this power from on high. 
a power which supersedes anything we could even begin to describe. And you want to you want to transform or show us how an unintended place becomes a divine strategy. How an untimely illness becomes a, an opportunity for the glory and the power of God to come. How unfair judgment and, and treatment can turn into promotion in God. Because you transform, Lord, our situation. And I want to say, first of all today, folks, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're in a position that you're not able to negotiate yourself. You, if you have not got a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, even though He died on the cross for you, built board so much shame and pain, you need to call out and cry out to Him and say, God, would you... I, I take what I, what I believe to be true and I receive you. I don't just believe the story. I receive it. To as many as received Him. Scripture says, to Him He gave power to become sons and daughters of God. If you've never received Jesus Christ in your heart as Lord and Savior, you, and you know it, you can fool people by trying to be religious. But only you know. I know that I know that I know that I'm born again by the Spirit of God. Born again from on high. If you've not received grace and mercy, unmerited favor from God, won't you call out to Him right now? That Jesus, I not only believe that you are God the Son, that you took all my shame and all my suffering all my pain and all my sin. I believe that, but now I receive you this morning into my heart, into my life. I apply the blood of Jesus Christ to my life. Forgive me. Come into my heart as, as Lord and, my Lord and my Savior. Thank you. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the nail-pierced hands. Thank you for the blood. I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. For the cross, Lord. Thank you for the nail-pierced hands, cleansing flow that Seated on the throne. Seated on the throne. Crown him now. Crown him now with many crowns. Many crowns. 
crowns reign victorious and lifted up Jesus Son of God Jesus Son of God the darling of heaven the darling of heaven crucified divine worthy is the lamb worthy is the lamb worthy is the lamb worthy is the lamb God we so we so grateful for the cross this morning for the nail pierced hands Jesus, Jesus where would we be without you oh God where would we be without you thank you for the power of the cross the power of the blood the power of the name of Jesus that power is available now to transform lives transform situations this morning God you want to change would you come this morning Lord and turn divine or supernatural negatives into divine positives sicknesses and illness situations that seem out of control marriage issues financial issues God things where the enemy has come only to kill to steal and destroy but you've come to give life You've come to bring that divine positive. And maybe there's situations you've gone through, trials, issues. Maybe you've gone through fire. You've not understood the promise of God. You'll go through the fire, but you'll not be burned. And you'll go through the waters, but you'll not be drowned, says the Lord says the Lord because I'm here to uphold you with my hand so what if you could quickly just come to the front I want to pray for you do you feel like God I've I've got this negative in my life whatever it is a hundred things but I'm believing God for this for you to turn this negative into divine positive why don't you come not to me, just quickly. Come to the front, full of faith in, in Him, not me. Full of faith in the power of God, this transforming God, who can turn in a moment a storm. Maybe God wants to show you what the storm is you've been going through. God, I've never understood that you could turn anything possibly as bad as I'm in, or that I've been through into a positive, but tonight, today, I'm convinced you are divine, you are sovereign, you are Alpha Omega beginning and the end, the first and the last. And just for a moment, those who have come forward, just for a moment, you just lift your eyes and see the cross. Not as a Roman tool for execution, but as the love of a father who's put this divine plus sign 
in the highest place for all to see. And I'm for you, says the Lord. I'm for you. I'm not here to punish you. I'm here to set the captive free. The anointing of the Lord is upon me today to open the eyes of the blind and to set the captive free. To turn your lowly estate into something triumphant. To turn your prison into the presence of God. And you're going to know the glory of God and you're going to know the presence of God as never before. What the enemy has tried to do, Joseph said, this that was meant to cause harm, God has turned turned it into good. And so right in the prison, right in the situation I'm in, God, I want to say thank you for your presence. Let me see with your eyes as you transform my situation. So, Father, I'm asking you to come today. And these these folks who are standing here today, Thank you for the power of the cross. This physical display of six times hotter than the sun, lightning bolt that comes. God, I'm asking you to come and transform situations this morning. Right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I'm asking you to come. Keep your eyes on the cross. Thank you for the power of the cross. This is because of Jesus. This is because of the blood of Jesus. This He's come to undo the works of the evil one. He's come to transform that negative into God's divine positive. And so God, I want to pray for, for sick bodies today in Jesus' name. What the devil has come to rob and steal, God, I pray that you would come to bring life this morning. Body, soul, and spirit, God, would you heal hurts in the soul, Lord, the deepest parts of our soul. Would your word come, would the name of Jesus come, and right now, Lord, just cauterize that that leaking, bleeding wound. In the name of Jesus, that this very thing becomes a, a springboard into ministry, a springboard of a testimony the very thing the enemy took to destroy me that he may have locked you away in a prison cell for becomes God's springboard into his glory you will return in the power of the spirit God your ways are not our ways I thank you for your ways they're perfect See, some of you just need to begin to begin to rejoice. Like Paul and Silas in that prison. Just rejoice. Not because of the stripes on your back or the, or the chains around your, your feet. But begin to rejoice because of the fourth man. There's the presence of God with you. So I'll never leave you, my son. My daughter. I will never forsake you. You've been blinded by wind and you've been blinded by pain. I want you to see me, says the Lord. See me. 
fix your eyes on me. Some of you felt like Peter, were you sinking? You started out of the boat, you, you, you took some steps of supernatural faith, but now you're sinking. Jesus is there, lifting you by the hand. You're not going to drown. You will walk through water, says the Lord, but you will not drown. And you'll go through fires, but you will not burn. Because I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm asking, Father, for revelation this morning. Bring revelation this morning, oh God. We begin to worship the Lord and sing His praises now. God, even in the fire and in the prison and in the storm, You're still the God and Creator. You're still good, oh God, You're good. You're sovereign, You're mighty. God, I haven't seen You. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, but You're good, oh God. You're great, oh God. And you're here with me, oh God, you've never left me. You've never left me. Let me see you, Lord. I see a fourth man. They're unbound and they're in the fire and I see four men. And he looks like the Son of God. If an unrighteous king can see that, God, I pray we can see you in our situation right now. God, I'm asking for supernatural comfort. I'm asking for supernatural comfort, Lord, and supernatural joy. In Jesus' mighty name, God. In Jesus' name. To fire from heaven. God of transformation. God of transformation to come this morning change God our lowly estate come and change our situation right now in Jesus name we want to thank you for the power and the fire and the glory of God to come as we align ourselves with your will and your ways and your word God I want to thank you today for your power and your glory to come Jesus Jesus transformation to come transformation to come in the mighty name of Jesus I want to thank you God thank you Father right now Bad revelation God revelation it makes sense I get it I get it wow wow I see him in the storm I see him in the trial I see him in the prison I see him I see you Lord high and lifted up the right hand of the Father interceding praying 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 faith would not fail. My faith would not fail. That's what he's praying. Satan has demanded permission to sift you like wheat, Peter. But I pray, I'm praying that your faith would not fail. And you're going to turn and you're going to strengthen your brothers. I thank you, Father, for that in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Negatives into positives. In Jesus' name. Miracles, miracles. 
miracles, God, because of your glory, because of your power. Miracles, Lord. Thank you, God. We worship you. had a um, scripture. You can all actually just keep your eyes closed because I'm going to tell you a story. Um, I just felt God say, get out of the way. Get out of the way. And then I was reminded of a story that some a, a, a man that we used to associate, we used to be part of his team, he told. And the story goes about, there was this, this man that he owned a, he owned this wonderful big mansion. And Jesus came and he invited Jesus into his heart. And Jesus, and he invited him into the home and said, Jesus, come, come and have, come and be what you're welcome in my home. Come and you can come and be a guest in my home and have, you can have the upstairs of my mansion. You can have, you can have one of the rooms upstairs. And Jesus said, thank you very much. I, um, um, I appreciate it. And then he walked, became a guest in, in his home. And then suddenly there was a dock, a knock on the door and the, the man who owned the home opened the door. And as he opened the door, there was the devil. He put his foot in the door and he, he got in and he just box, 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 had a big fight with the man and then turned around and walked out. And, uh, um, and, the, and then Jesus came downstairs and he said, well, Jesus, you're in my home. Why, you, why did you allow the devil to come in and just defeat me? And Jesus says, well, I'm, I'm a guest in your home. I'm not, um, you've given me the one room upstairs. I'm a guest. And then Jesus said, it's your home. Anyway, the guy said, okay, now you can have the whole top floor. And the same thing happened. The next day, the devil, the knock on the door and the devil came in and he opened the door. And as he opened the door, the devil just had a field day with him. And same thing, Jesus came down and said, I'm a guest in your home. You've given me the top floor. And then finally the man, he, the penny dropped and he said, okay, Jesus, you can have the whole house. I'm going to be a guest in this home, but my home is yours. And then the next day, what happened? The devil came, knocked on the door. The door, But this time there was, it was very different. Jesus came and said, no, no, no. Said to the man, you stand back. This is my home. You're a guest in my home. And as he opened the door, of course, the devil saw him there and looked at him and what did the devil say? Oh, sorry, I've got the wrong address. And he moved on. And the moral of the story, what I just felt in my heart is that, that there's people here that have given Jesus like a 10%. That's all. Lord, you, are, you can come and live in my heart, but all I'm going to give you is a little part of my life. And you've held back most of what God wants and requires from you. And you're saying, Lord, I'm, I'm quite happy. I'm satisfied with just giving you a portion of your lives and God I just felt God is saying I don't want a percentage I'm happy and quite if you that's what you want to give me I'm grateful but God is saying I want everything and you feel like you've been battered back and forth from the devil has come against you but by back and forth and it's because you're just holding back and I just feel in my spirit that God is saying I want all of you I want every part of your being I want to to be get like you need to get out of the way and allow me to be, to be the one that opens the door and I will fight for you.